Welcome back in. My name is Zach. Welcome back to the Deep Fade. Join with the happiest duck in the world, Brendan. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, today, with the Super Bowl coming up in five days, this is going to be our big preview. Uh, we're going to run down really every category imaginable for what we want to look at in the game itself, some of the storylines involved, uh, best players, and then best bets involved, both prop-wise, game-wise, totals, yada yada. But first, a couple things to run down because I haven't talked to Brendan in two weeks about any of this. How do you feel about uh, your beloved defensive savior going to Seattle? Uh, former SIGEP also. Just thought oh. I might throw that there out there. There you go. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I probably made a joke or two uh, the last time I was on and said something about him being a bad defensive coach so nobody would hire him. But I don't think it worked. Yeah, I, I don't think it worked. They they obviously stole him from us, and a lot of the other staff got raided as well. There's a lot of our like like our uh, our cornerbacks coach became a DC and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, we always knew that we were gonna get raided, but man, the Mike McDonald one really hurt. I think that they should have done anything in their power to retain him because I'm sure he's gonna be great in Seattle. I think outside of just somehow elevating him to to the same position for the Ravens, which I mean they're not going to do, you're you're kind of at an impasse there. They kind of had to hope that uh, whether it be the Seahawks or whoever had a job left open after their playoff run that they just filled it prior to McDonald becoming available. And hell, I think even if they made the Super Bowl, that it seems like Seattle was dead set on him. So, yeah, uh, they had to outbid Washington as well. So they both wanted him as head coach. I just think that the Ravens should have done anything they needed to. And I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take, but that also meant like making him a head coach. But how would you have felt if that happened? I would have felt good about it. I mean, I love John Harbaugh, but he is older and I'm always in. I'm always down for ushering in the future and all that. And McDonald's a really young guy, and he's a great mind, so he could be the next big dynasty type of coach. On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned does this have you for the defense going into next year? Mm, uh, I'd say like like a 5, right in the right in the middle. Because it's still we've still got a hell of, of a lot of talent on the defense, and Zach Orr is going to fill in as opposed to McDonald, and he's a great coach as well, just in his own respect. So, yeah, I, I'd say it, it's obviously a tough blow, but I, I'm I'm still pretty high on on the guys in that that room. Prediction for Mike McDonald's first season in Seattle, his record. Uh record wise, mm, probably say a ten win season. I mean, Seattle's not exactly loaded, so we'll see. And I'm not a big Geno Smith fan. And that's probably not going to have much to do with him, but he'll do great things with the defense. I mean, Witherspoon is crazy. I'm a big fan of him. Um, they might need to work on the safety position, but I mean, they still have. I mean, that is something that, and we're, we do not have to get into this because there is many months ahead to talk about stuff like this. Quandre Diggs isn't Kyle Hamilton, so and, uh, Jamal Adams is a bum and gets healthy scratched. You would, I. I know the answer, 
but would you rather have Geno Stone or Jamal Adams? <laughs> I'm not even gonna answer it because you already. I know, it's you. a given. It's a given. <laughs> I'm not gonna answer it. Um, and then, as a Ravens fan, are you happy or uh, annoyed by Arthur Smith becoming the offensive coordinator of the Steelers? Okay, why would I not be happy about that? that because he was that's a good, hilarious. He was a good OC in Tennessee. He was their OC when the Ravens lost to them. Mm, yeah, in that playoff game where Tannehill threw for ninety yards. Mm, yeah, insane handoff mechanics on on Tannehill's part in that game. Clearly. All right, without further ado, wanted to run through the first and most obvious angles on on this game because I don't think that I'm speaking out of bounds to say that neither you or I are necessarily the most qualified people to break down the um, the intrapositional dynamics here, but we can take a look and just try to find the edge on each side and use this as an exercise to talk our way to whatever we think that our final prediction is going to be. Because, like, we can look at things like the moon cycle, where it's like the Chiefs are 9-1 and one under a crescent moon this year, which is another one that I saw, or the finer edges of what shoes that Isaiah Pacheco is going to wear. I just don't really think that that's productive. I think that using this as an exercise to talk it out is more fun anyway. But first, on offense... The main characters here, outside of maybe one, I think intensely favor the 49ers, and I don't think that that's going out of bounds to say. You have Mahomes versus Purdy, which is where your enormous edge is going to lie. But then outside of that, you have McCaffrey and Pacheco. Kelsey and Kittle, Rice versus... Some days I think that the Niners might have three better receivers than the Chiefs. When you see Juwan Jennings catching like Odell things over the middle as Purdy is fading away from him against the Lions. That was such a dumbass read. That's the, the I it, it supports your Purdy erasure. I absolutely hate Brock Purdy. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just a Brock Purdy hater just at heart. I can't even deny it. It's cuz he's built like you and I and yet he's starting in the Super Bowl. Dude, he's horrible, man. And like if you run down position to position, it's like it looks like it's super in favor of the 49ers like if you just run by McCaff like running back tight end I feel like I'd give the edge to the Niners at every position group except quarterback but I'd still say the Chiefs offense is better because of just how tremendously large that gap is between Mahomes and Purdy I think that 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 wide of a gap is albeit fair I think slightly reductive of of what Brock Purdy has done this year only because like let's go by what these teams do best in terms of average depth of target and this is a a huge credit to Mahomes and how he's developed throughout his career and how it informs a discussion where I think the top two quarterbacks both get compared to him in this year's draft Mahomes this year is averaging 6.9 yards average depth of target so layman's Relative to the rest of the NFL, he's not pushing it that far downfield. That's lower than guys like Derek Carr, lower than, hell, even in much fewer snaps, it's lower than, like, Andy Dalton. It's lower than Geno Smith. It's lower than your other favorite quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins. Oh, 
Jalen Hurts. But I think another guy that informs why that that's not necessarily the point here is that Jared Goff was only slightly higher at 7.3. Brock Purdy's 8.5. Being able to push the ball downfield with good accuracy, which Purdy obviously demonstrated all year, is impressive, and it informs us what this game is going to look like. And when we get to defense, that becomes important. Mahomes, I think, is going to be peppering the short sidelines and the middle of the field, which is where a lot of the 49ers' strengths lie. They have Fred Warners hanging out there in the middle, but ultimately, if you're able to offset the skill position talent with the greatness of Mahomes and a good half out of Kelsey, this becomes a lot more even. It's just, do you think that Brandon IU, Debo Samuel, and George Kill offset the difference between Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes? I think, yeah. I, I think they do. It's like Shanahan's not by any means a, not a good coach. I mean, he's definitely top five, but he has he's his flaws lie in late decision making, which is why that those stats going around about him being down the fourth quarter prior to this playoff run were so were so pronounced. Yeah, but as I was kind of leading into, I mean, you're kind of you're going up against somebody who's cementing himself as the greatest coach of all time as we speak. Certainly the greatest playoff coach. Yeah, and I don't know. I just have a lot of faith in Andy Reid and just how well he knows his guys. Uh, It's really shameful for me to be saying stuff like this after losing to them last week, but yeah, I'm not a fan of either team. I don't like either of them, to be honest, but I, I have to side with the Chiefs here. I just think... That look, sorry, that's that's kind of a spoiler. I know we're we're gonna get into we'll, we'll predictions go, later, but we'll go it piece by piece on offense. I think that it's gonna be more dead even than the uh, initial positional matchups might suggest, because I also think that we don't talk enough about, albeit Juwan Taylor is a joke, the rest of the Chiefs' offensive line is pretty fantastic between Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Joe Tooney. Tooney didn't play last week, which didn't matter. But you have Trent Williams is the best offensive lineman in this game, and then I think you have an argument to say that Kansas City has the next three best. And with that kind of advantage against a Niners defense that predicates itself on dominant uh, defensive line play, at least in the passing game, I think that that evens it out a lot. You still get the edge because I think that there are more players on the Niners offense that I would not be surprised if they won Super Bowl MVP. But I'm kind of with you where I think Mahomes and just him having protection is enough, even if in individual position groups. You give it to the Niners on running backs, you give it to the Niners on receivers. I think you probably give it on tight ends, even if I think that Kelsey can still put together that 11 for 115. And then behind them, I mean, we made a joke about it, but even Juwan Jennings would be the Chiefs number two, if not number one. I mean, I don't know. He's not exactly what I perceive as an athletic specimen, so I'm not sure about that. You Uh, hush your mouth. eh, eh, Yeah, no, the Chiefs wide receiver room is pretty pitiful. I I can't even lie. Moving on. Chiefs defense, 
one of the simultaneously uh, that did not say that word well simultaneously over discussed and under analyzed pieces of the Chiefs season so far is that people I think know how good their defense is or how good it's been especially in this playoff run them giving up a total of 10 second half points under Spags this entire playoff run but like running through it becomes a lot more of that informative exercise we're trying to do here because along the line and this is something that credit to Greg Olson and now formerly of Fox uh the team on that on that Chiefs or not on that Chiefs game on that Lions and Niners game the 49ers defensive line's strength does not lie in their ability to stop the run I think this is something that gets misunderstood when defensive line players are dominant because you can have guys like like going to that Lions game, like the Aleem McNeils, who is a giant nose tackle, who are space eaters, who help you stop the run and are very valuable in that sense. But against the run specifically, like Nick Bosa is is good because he's just one of the best defensive players that we've seen in the last decade. But Ark Armstead, I mean, not exactly known as a run stopper. Go down the line. Javon Hargrave was specifically brought in as a pass rushing interior defensive lineman. Uh, tell I, I hate saying it. Hufanga and uh, Tashawn Gibson and those guys on the back end can come up and tackle, but like Hufanga has been out. He's been out for most of this season, mm. so you're missing a key part there. I think a lot of it relies on Fred Warner both in the run and the pass game because he's that excellent in both, but he can't do it by himself. I think that the Chiefs are going to be able to run on them, just like the Lions were able to run all over them. So yeah. it's Pacheco a Pacheco qu- with this bum toe. Let's let's see it. Right. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh legacy game question mark. He runs like as fast as I do, dude. Yeah, maybe a little slower. Right. On the other side, you have Chris Jones, who, despite holding out at the beginning of the year, put together another borderline all-pro season. And then I think Trent McDuffie, as evidenced by his first-team all-pro nod, is one of the best corners in the league. And I think him, alongside Sneed, who had, I mean, just a game-changing play last week and has been impressive all year in spurts, I think that the Chiefs secondary is better than the 49ers. Yeah, 100%. So then it comes down to, do you think that the Niners can get pressure on Mahomes? And I think that the Ravens can prove that it might not matter because they were, as I'm sure you noticed, amped and ready to get after him. So does this game end up looking like the defensive battle we saw in Chiefs and Ravens, or are we looking at a, a shootout where n- neither team can get after each other. Because I think that Ayuk and Debo are going to have to rely on yards after the catch. Because I think deep down the field and later developing routes against McDuffie and Sneed is not going to be realistic when you have Purdy throwing to you. And elite athletes like, okay, I, I wouldn't consider either Sneed or McDuffie elite athletes, but they're agile, quick, and have... Sneed's pretty elite. I'll give they them have that. shown stickiness in, in man coverage in a way that I don't think 
um, Ayuk and Debo will be able to take advantage of as much as they could against like the Lions. I think that's fair to say. Biggest, agree. biggest uh, disparity comes in the fact that they have Fred Warner and Kansas City doesn't. Like, all the credit world to the Leo Chanel's of the world, but like... <laughs> Leo Chanel, I love him. Wisconsin legend, mm. I think. Legend, legend. Drew Tranquil, like, okay. Nick Bolton is underrated. He's fine. Yeah, you didn't want to bring his name up. You're right. I'm too scared to talk about You're Nick Bolton. You're ducking Nick Bolton. I really am ducking Nick Bolton. But also, defensive line, would I think we have to, off of talent alone, give it to the Niners in the pass rush, but the Chiefs in the run game. Linebackers, Fred Warner by himself elevates it, and then it's the Chiefs secondary, where I think this becomes more of a draw than, again, that we thought. I Do you agree, and this is just something that I've noticed, that people way overvalue a lot of San Francisco's defense? Mm, like, give me an example, because that's kind of a loaded question. Okay, I, I'll rephrase. Do you think that San Francisco's defense is dominant? Uh, man, I, that's hard to say, because you're asking me, and I watched the, the Ravens kind of pick them apart. I think it exactly. just depends on how the game's going, and I think it really depends on on how well they're playing complementary football. Like if they're not able to like run the the ball well and get McCaffrey his like you know once a game touchdown that he always gets, <clears throat> and then more like more so after that, it's like I don't know if they're the defense is set up in poor positions. Usually the momentum seems to carry them away and and you know prevent them for, from uh, performing how they they usually do or to the high standard they're regarded with. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's really hard to say. I don't, I don't really think I'm in the position to give a definitive answer, but I don't know. I, I think you're, you're going somewhere with the, the statement that they are a tad overrated. If a defensive player wins Super Bowl MVP, who is it? Mm, ooh. I mean, yeah, I'd probably have to go with Fred Warner. That, that's the obvious answer, right? Or Bosa. I, I lean Bosa or Chris Jones just because I think that it's like the Von Miller blueprint where they well, get two and a half sacks and a forced fumble, something like that. Yeah, no, but like Chris Jones is kind of, he plays a position that's like kind of selfless and he might not rack up stats like that. I mean, he's like top three defensive players that's going to, set foot on the field obviously but I just, so you want to think that he has the ability to win the mvp but i just don't think there's any chance of him racking up stats you know i think it's a niners player that can win defensive mvp or not defensive mvp just mvp in general because i think if the chiefs win it's automatically going to go to mahomes yeah i think that if you will get to it and because i did jot one down at least i think that's a good call i think him or bosa is the lean because I don't think Purdy is guaranteed to win Super Bowl MVP if the Niners win. Yeah, that's one thing I was thinking about is like I think the most likely player to win MVP if the Niners were to pull it out would be McCaffrey. I like that. Yeah, so I think that would be a good a good bet if you're out there and 
of legal age, legal betting age. Or illegal age, because we're not ones to judge. <laughs> I would take that. And in fact, I did take that. Because I don't think that the Niners are going to win the game. But in the event that they do, I like the odds of McCaffrey winning MVP. We're going to lump the last two together here before we take a short break and then jump into the second half of all this. Uh, special teams and coaching. We can brush by special teams. I think that... Honestly, let's let's linger for a second just to say that in a tight game like this, which I think we're in agreement that this will be at least... This is the best matchup that we could have gotten outside of maybe Ravens Niners. Cause I think that in a in a perfect game for both sides, that it's tight all the way down. But I think that Ravens Niners is a perfect game. The Ravens would have won pretty comfortably, like we saw earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean that's the way that Chiefs the Chiefs like to play their games is they keep them close. Like you saw that they they beat the Ravens pretty badly in the first half and then just kind of kept it conservative and, you know, played neck and neck with them the rest of the game. So they don't really blow people out that often. They I, just, their team's not built like that. I think that's a funny way to say they kept it tight because they couldn't extend the lead. Yeah, no, they, they played really conservative and I was kind of surprised by it because the Ravens really, they should have taken the lead from them. And, you know, if they weren't making mistakes, they easily could have there's a lot of exploitations they made of the game plan and there's clearly stuff that the Chiefs were doing that wasn't going to plan so I'm surprised they stayed that conservative the whole time but you know it worked for them so the Chiefs average margin of victory this season was 5.3 which ranks fifth but like Baltimore and San Francisco are both over 10 Mm. yeah exactly so I think that the Chiefs' perfect game is still going to look close, and that's why Jake Moody is a problem. He really is. It's like there's a lot of dynamics that are going on with the 49ers that are really atypical for a Super Bowl team. Like, you know, a a shitty quarterback. Sorry, I'm going to say it. And a shitty kicker. Okay, no. Before we move, he's not a shitty quarterback. All right, whatever. I, nobody's Don't gonna change. Ever. Nobody's gonna change my mind. That's all I'm saying. What is your main issue? Is it decision making? Is it that he's that you think he's five eleven and they list him as six foot? Like I don't. <laughs> decision what making. What is your deal? Just his performance in in an offense that is generational and has insane talent around him. He wasn't able to perform against the Ravens defense. He put up four interceptions dude like four interceptions in one game with the offense that he has is inexcusable and it's like one of those performances that you put up that literally you can't have as an elite quarterback i'm gonna i'm gonna give you one of the the bets that i have here sam darnold plus three was it 310 to one to win super bowl mvp (laughs) i saw that prop on the it's on gotten the it's gotten longer the odds i think it was 300 to one now it's 310 to one would you toss on it like a 50 would, cents would you put 50 cents on on sam darnold to win super bowl mvp uh because it sounds like yes. what's the payout what's the payout 310 to one bet a dollar win the 310 mm, you know i might literally just do that <laughs> i kind of i kind of like shocked you haven't i mean that's the kind of bet i'd make let's be honest 
Whatever. No, I actually the type of bet I'd make would be Blaine Gabbert Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> That's not, okay. I I stand by that one actually. Uh, to that point, I don't think that that this game is going to necessarily come down. It's it's impossible to predict because I mean, as betting lines will always reflect, NFL games often comes down to margins of three to seven points, depending on just the game script, what has gone along in there. The Niners often won in spite of Jake Moody, and I don't... He had bad misses, including in, I think, the Lions game. He had at least one. But... God, I'm looking at it now. 40 to 49 yards, he is 55% on the year. So I think, again, if you're trying to find fine margins, maybe something like betting it to go to overtime going uh, or like margins of three plus points because Bucker, I think we trust implicitly. I don't think he's quite at the uh, who's a good example, even like the the Vinatieri or the Justin Tucker. I don't even think people are viewing Tucker like that this year, although I still trust him they thought he was washed because he missed a, f- a couple 50 plus yard field goals you're like is his leg cooked he still owns the all-time accuracy record like young way who took it from remember, for one week remember when we were like 10 11 and anytime someone was lining up for 60 yards they would cut to it where yeah or like even like 55 it's just oh my god robbie gold is trying to kick a 54 yard field goal now they're just expected Remember when Sebastian Janikowski attempted a 72-yarder from the other side of midfield? I thought he had that shit. Yeah, that was a legendary moment. That's that's elite uh, confidence in your kicker right there. I want it to be flag football rules where the defense on, on field goes of 65 yards or more. They have to count to three Mississippi or like to two Mississippi before they can rush just because I want... It to be like a kickoff running start. Hmm, that's an interesting prospect for sure. Moving on. Coaching. I think you've already implied it, but who is the better coach in this game? Definitely, I still have faith in give me those nuggies, Andy Reid. Uh, he's just, you know, he's a goaded offensive mind. I mean, obviously, legacy-wise, it's it's kind of not, this- a gr- not a great time to be bringing up Belichick given he to get a head coaching job but he's probably the best defensive mind of all time reed i think it's safe to say best offensive mind Hmm. that should that's not a hot take is it i don't think so again i i'm sure i'm this would offend someone who wants to advocate for jimmy johnson or don shula but like i wasn't alive so it's harder for me to my ass was not born dissect the uh the schematic capabilities of coaches past and football's just changed so much. It's apples to oranges. I, I think that from what we can understand, that's true. And also we're talking about, I think it's a perfect time to talk about Belichick, honestly, in the context of Andy Reid, because I think that that is going to be important coming out of this game. Because as we talked about last week, Andy Reid is second behind Bill Belichick in all time playoff coaching wins. Belichick's at 31, uh, Reed is at 25, and this would be 26. And if 
if Reed doesn't retire in the next four years, which I, given the fact that he in four years he would still be younger than Belichick now, you're looking at a guy who, when it's all said and done, if Belichick can't get a quality coaching job in the next calendar year, Andy Reid's probably going to retire with the all-time playoff wins record. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. I mean, he doesn't really look anywhere near done. I mean, no. Belichick look, look looks at the like Ravens a game. wrinkled piece of shit at this point, and <laughs> I don't know. I don't Andy think Reed. we should we should debate their physical appearances <laughs> when it's two old, heavier men. Well, I mean, it's like you have to take into account the fact that they're real human beings, and then it's like, how how old is Belichick? He's gotta be seventy two. Yeah, it's like, when would a normal person want to retire? It's like, the average answer is going to be 65. So he's like seven years overdue in 71. that capacity. He's 72 this year. Um, I don't think that that's the right example to use because like, if we're talking about when he would want to retire, he could have retired 20 years ago financially. That's not the point. I, I'm not going to ever I see I don't think that's fair I think if Reed gets to like five rings I think that people are going to try and have that conversation about him and Belichick I just think it's a different kind of dominance that we have to see to believe so I don't want to project that but I will say that that third ring being in sight especially considering how how negatively or at least how much people question Reed as he left Philadelphia initially and I mean there was a lot that went into that, and it was in many ways similar to how Belichick left New England, but minus the rings. And so that's why it was a more negative view. I don't think people thought that Reed necessarily had this run in him, but it's better late than never. On the other side, in talking about legacy, I I sincerely believe this. Do you think Kyle Shanahan is on the hot seat if they lose this game? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. I think that's a little bit over the top. I mean, he has a really, like, unique offensive mind that isn't going to be – it's really hard to replicate. So the way that he's able to scheme up things, make Brock Purdy – at one point he was in the conversation for MVP. That is just an elite-level facade that that, that Shanahan was able to create for him. They've made the playoffs four of the last five years, the exception being, I think, the COVID season where they got wildly hurt. They're going up against the Chiefs this year, but over the past few, they lost comfortably to the Eagles last year, lost to the Rams the year prior, and then obviously lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl before that. So those are that's Shanahan's playoff history. I think that... It is very accurate to compare him to to McVeigh and to view them as those like prototypical offensive minds that you want leading your franchise and Yeah, just like Greg Roman. Exactly. <laughs> you you gotta have the vault in your corner. I hate you. <laughs> My point remains. The reason that we don't talk about McVeigh this way and don't question him is because he got his Super Bowl. McVe- uh, Shanahan hasn't, and that 
makes all the difference. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of unfortunate to say because it really is all a question of like, can he bring us to the promised land? And if you fail to do so, time after time, it's like people, fan bases, they start to lose faith in you and they can't back you anymore. They, they want to move on to something else, make it, you know, what they feel is enough change to bring them bring them the Lombardi home. I don't know. And they have a great roster, which uh, credit to John Lynch, I suppose, but in the last few years, they've missed on two top five picks. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to blame him for Solomon Thomas, but I would be, I would not believe him if he said that he was not heavily involved in taking Trey Lance. Future Atlanta Falcon? Future Raider? Trey Lance could be a Raider. That, no. Come on, just say Steeler already. You know, I know you want that. <laughs> Come on, just Trey Arthur, Lance and Arthur, Arthur Smith combo. He's going to look like uh, what 2011 Terrell Pryor. Just... Just get just get Greg Roman in as the quarterbacks coach in Pittsburgh already. I just want Greg Roman to be the offensive coordinator for every team in the AFC North <laughs> and just see what happens. He's already the offensive coordinator and uh, for the Chargers right now. Man, that is that is a great staff. Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman. It's because well, it's because Roman was on the 49ers before. Looping back around, Shanahan has built up goodwill with. Both clearly the front office, but the media and the wider NFL with how he is viewed losing this game again to Andy Reid and to what we have the entire year seen as a diminished version of the Chiefs, I think would be a black mark on his resume that will put him into question in the coming offseason. We're going to come right back, run through a couple more categories and then make our final predictions. And we're back. So, next, I tried to put together the list of the 10 best players that are going to be playing in this game. Um, Brendan, you have it in front of you. I'm going to run down through it, but starting at the bottom, I put some combination of the Chiefs' offensive line and the Chiefs' defensive line outside of Nick Bosa. So, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and then name a Niners defensive end besides Chase Young. Besides Chase Young and Nick Bosa? Well, I th- I, Nick Bosa is harder on the list. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have a good one in my mind. It's, uh, oh, my God. who? Who's the guy who was a bust for the Raiders? And he's Cle- Cleland Farrell. Cleland Farrell. Farrell. <laughs> Cleland Farrell, Super Bowl MVP. There he is. Hold on. There's no way he's on here. He is. He's he's on the Niners. No, he's not. He is, and he's been all, he's been all right. I don't believe you. Oh my god, he is. He's out. No. <laughs> oh wait, he was out last week. His legacy game has been ruined. Ruined. He was gonna go crazy. He was gonna have eight sacks on Mahomes. Do you remember when they took him fourth? Oh, I do. That's crazy. Okay, but point remains. I think all of those Chiefs offensive linemen, I think I might be even not giving enough credit to Humphrey and Smith, but I think there's a lot of skill position talent in this game, and so to harp too much on the line play is an uninformed way to go about it because higher, we'll get to Trent Williams. Trent Williams is 
still, despite having some injuries this year, one of the three best offensive linemen in the game and a future Hall of Famer. So no one in this game is going to make as powerful a presence in protecting their guy as Williams does, and he plays a more important position. So no discredit to any of them, and then yes, discredit to Chase Young. Uh, just above them, I put both Trent McDuffie and Snead. I might be even underrating McDuffie because I think that we we touched on it a little bit with, with the defensive talk, but as good as the Niners receivers are at yards after the catch, they've always been dominant. Debo is, that's how he's made his bread and butter. I... I think that that's going to be the only way they're actually able to accrue yards in this game because I think that Snead and McDuffie are both too good sticking to their man long enough where one of Jones, Karloftis, any of them are going to get home in the time it takes for even Brandon Ayuk necessarily to separate downfield against the secondary. I mean, you saw the Ravens game, so I I mean, they, they're really eating them up in the short game, the RPO game, whatever you want to... Anytime Lamar held that ball, it, uh, I mean, he would do like the double pump fake and then there was just no one open enough. And No, I, no, I mean the Chiefs. I, I, that's talking offensively. Oh. <laughs> We're talking deep. We're talking Trent McDuffie and the Jerry's. I don't know why my mind gravitated to their short game. I was already going in about... The, the Chiefs offensive plan when we're talking about defense. I don't know why. But uh, to your point, that might just be where the Niners need to thrive, which they do. They do. Those guys are dynamic enough in the open field. I think that Kittle, who I have at eighth just above them, is going to need to perform in a more impressive way than he did against like the Lions. Where Debo um, and... I guess Kendall Vildor's face mask were able to to produce enough explosives by themselves alongside McCaffrey. Kendall Vildor. See, I not all my takes age well, but I I'm really liking my Lions defensive back take. You picked the Lions. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but still, still, I said what I said about Cam Sutton and Vildor, and I'll stand on it. That third dog shit? Yeah, we knew. <laughs> you know it's not a good arbiter when Kendall Vildor is one of your starting corners. As a Bears fan, you should know. I know all too well. But uh, Kittle was not all that necessary in that Niners game. And again, we're splitting hairs. These guys are all great. I think Kittle is makes up for what is at times a slightly overrated Niners defensive line just because he by himself does so much in that effect. And as... Him and Juszczyk together as lead men on McCaffrey's runs is, I think, often not talked about enough. I mean, Juszczyk is is just the default choice for first or second team All-Pro when uh, Patrick Ricard isn't in the mix, of course. But Pancake Pat. Those two together lead on their dominant running game, and I think Kittle is going to be paramount to expose what... I think the softest underbelly that you can exploit in this Chiefs defense is that center of the field where tight ends thrive. And he himself is also a dynamic after-the-catch guy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I could see a good a good game out of Kittle. I think that that's a pretty reasonable take given everything you've said. I think 
you, you make a good point in saying that the the area of attack that they have to exploit is going to be the middle of the field with the Chiefs because they really contain the outside really well. Um, the Ravens' game plan was clearly not working as they intended, and they weren't able to do what they do best in that game and, you know, run outside, attack the outside of the field, the outside of the numbers. Uh, and I think that that was mainly attributed to... McDuffie and Snead, and I, I like that you bring them up on here as a point of I, emphasis. To uh, to underline those two and then Kittle as well, I think that this is, I mean, something that you can certainly attest to after last week. The way that I understand the Chiefs' defense, which, again, I am not exactly a defensive coach specialist, but I think a lot of it's predicated on when Spagnola sends guys in whatever exact ways that he decides, a lot of it relies on those guys on the back end holding up. Sneed, McDuffie, Justin Reed. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like and you can't have. run these crazy-ass blitzes when you're like the Steelers or the Lions or a team with horrible corners. and They just don't hold up. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you can't run man coverage in general. Exactly. And when you run zone against good quarterbacks and good coaches if you guys don't have like preternatural zone instincts which i i mean i think mcduffie is the man guy i think sneed has great instincts in zone and that's just more of his game because he's not as elite of an athlete as mcduffie is i i think you're sleeping on luxurious sneed i think i think that he's made some splash plays i just think mcduffie's better yeah, I mean that's fair to say given the the outcome this year with him being the all pro over Snead, but I don't know. I really like the luxurious Snead. Um well I like his game. I don't really like him for uh <laughs> punching out Zay Flowers' touchdown, but you know, I respect his game a lot. He's an insanely good corner and I'd give him like top five for sure. I think that's aggressive, but I, I get your point. Yeah, screw it. It's it's a hot take then. Jump, jump to 7-6-5 in order ascending at Bosa, Ayuk, and Chris Jones. Two questions that come out of this. Three, actually. One, is Chris Jones better than Nick Bosa? I think uh, It's hard to compare the two. They play different positions and they do different things, but I think that if you're considering Jones's effect up the middle and the fact that he's still a very impactful edge rusher, or not edge rusher, pass rusher, uh, while being in the interior, I think that that becomes more valuable. It's why Aaron Donald has as many defensive players yeah, of the no. year as he does. I, I'm surprised you would agree with me based on your rankings. I mean, you would, but I would have to say, yeah, Chris Jones, I, he's got less of a high ceiling, I guess, but that's about it. Like He's just way too important to the team and the defense. Like he's he's got to be more important to the Chiefs than than Bosa is to the Niners. Like they could play without Bosa, the Chiefs are a completely different unit without Chris Jones. I agree. Even if Jones isn't a necessarily dominant run defender, he is just involved in more of it. Yeah, he like practically is that defense. If he's that line for sure, I think Carl Loftus and and them are good boiler up, but like. Are we, are we gonna have a? Um, oh my God, I can't even remember their their guy's name. Uh, Omenahu, is that the guy? 
Is he hurt? A minute. Wait, wait, what team are we talking about? We're talking about, okay, that's my point. Except Mike Dana also uh, played a lot. Oh, are, we're talking defense then. We're talking to uh, Casey defensive linemen that we have no business talking about. <laughs> uh, is it, with how this season has gone, is it fair to put Ayuk in the middle of this list and leave Debo off of it? Uh, I mean, yeah, right now I'd say yes, but just in the long run, I mean, I got to take Debo. He's just just so thick. You know, I just, <laughs> he's just such a great player. But I don't know, with his versatility and how he impacts the game, he, he's not always necessarily impacting the game when he's got the football in his hands. I mean, he's just a, a great decoy. He could play at a lot of spots. He could line up a lot of spots. But... You know, the same can be said for for Ayuk, given the fact that he's like the best blocking receiver in the game as far as that goes. But I mean, like they're all pretty good at blocking, actually, now that I think about it. Like Jennings can lay some dudes out. Uh, Tebow gets into Tebow's it. Tebow's a big, he's a thick dude. <laughs> they rely on their on their skill position players in the running game and they buy in just why it works so well. Yeah, so I mean... I, I'd say, yeah, Ayuk has to be getting the nod in terms of a mention right now, just in, in fairness with how uh, Debo's been banged up or whatnot. But, yeah, he's he's really become a key piece in this offense. And, I, I mean, he did great in the last game he played. So um, I can't see him not at least putting up respectable numbers in the Super Bowl. I think, I think that's a good summation. Also, like, I, I know it's not fair to cite – the fact that Ayuk had 400 more yards than him, but like it, it matters for the purposes that we're trying to say here that if we're, we're putting these in terms of guys that are going to have the biggest impact, I think Ayuk is, has ascended past Debo a significant amount. Okay. For this year for sure. Yeah. Four and three Trent Williams, Fred Warner, we're talking quality of player. I mean, Trent Williams, just keeping Purdy clean is going to be, paramount to to this offense being able to operate in the passing game i know that you uh think that he will be benched for sam darnold and then sam darnold will be benched for i don't even know who their their third string quarterback is but uh nobody nobody it might as well be trent williams christian McCaffrey, keeping him clean alongside the rest of those uh those Niners offensive linemen is going to be how they can defeat this Spagnola defense and everything that it has been doing to this point. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I'd even put Williams over Fred Warner, bump them up to three instead of four. I think it's like they're interchangeable, obviously, but Trent Williams is just huge like you saw what happened after he went out against the Ravens I keep bringing up this game I just I just no it's informative because we're talking about their performance against a great team yeah no I he went out against the Ravens which people might have looked over but Purdy was lost man it's like he was getting absolutely he's getting torn apart he was getting ransacked by Arthur Millette in the backfield it's like he needs Williams leave Arthur Millette alone But I can't. He let up the the game ceiling catch with with MVS, so it, I don't know if I could forgive him for that. I almost want to just put the entire uh, 
Well, Williams is the key piece here, but if you're just talking about importance, like Matt Pryor, um, like let's talk just offensive blocking snaps. You got your uh, what? What's his fucking name? Colton McKivitz, um, and all these other these these players. John Feliciano, who's been who's been good too. Their their line is good, but Williams and uh, other asshole on the tackle is going to be what stymies their edge rush and I, again i'm just now i'm just explaining how tackles and pass rushing works but we we've already belabored the point that they need to hold up long enough for those receivers to get free downfield if they want to get explosive plays because mcduffie and Sneed are not going to lose in the first second and a half mm-hmm. warner himself again it's the same thing you want to control the middle of the field and uh, prevent kelsey from getting hot and them to be able to abuse you in the short to intermediate. Fred Warner flying around like a maniac is the person that is going to be responsible for that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird to say. There's like it feels like the Chiefs find a way to scheme up anything because I was super. I was yeah. This sounds really like incriminable in retrospect, but it's like I was really under the impression that Hamilton was gonna lock up Kelsey's old ass, and I was. Mm, I'm not gonna lie. I was mad when I saw him get open that many times because I was heckling I don't even it. think that's Hamilton's fault. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, but I really wanted him to just shadow Kelsey the whole game because, I mean, yeah, yeah, Kyle Hamilton still had a great game, but, man, it was hard seeing him catch a touchdown on him, celebrating, man, I, I don't like Travis Kelsey, <laughs> but, yeah. At least Kyle Hamilton played well in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah I... I <laughs> definitely, I definitely watched the Pro Bowl. Yeah, don't tell anyone I didn't. But number two, Christian McCaffrey. What do you think McCaffrey's final line looks like if McCaffrey wins MVP? Uh, what's his final line? All right, let's go crazy specific. Just because uh, I, yeah, no, he wins MVP. I'm saying let's go 90 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. And then four catches for 34 yards. 34 on the dot. Book it. Book it. <laughs> one, uh, yeah, like 130 to 150 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns while Purdy puts up like 250, a touchdown and interception. Yeah, I mean, that kind of just implies – sorry, I, I, I hope I didn't cut you off. But no, you're fine. It's like – uh, it kind of implies just how I think this game's going to go. I, I just think that it's not going to be a high-scoring affair. I can't see it after uh, how the Ravens and Chiefs game went down. Uh, my prediction is honest that it's going to be tight and low-scoring. That's my guess. I would agree. And that's why McCaffrey gives more of an edge than, no offense, uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. No. No, no. And even more of an edge than Dalvin Cook, who they signed to not play a snap. Yikes. How does this game affect Dalvin Cook's legacy? Clearly will be a Ravens slideshow participant in the near future. Remember when Dalvin Cook had that one rush for 12 yards? I remember. I remember. All right, and then... No qualms. Uh, Mahomes is obviously the best player in this game. But what is the gap? Because I have this, and I'm actually curious about your thoughts on this because I don't know if I've ever actually asked you. 
Cross-positional value in football is one of the hardest things to determine in any sport. We're like in basketball, yes, a point guard and a center do different things, but fundamentally their stats are the same. Even in baseball, uh, hockey, I guess, would, would also be similarly difficult to just determine value between positions, but they're still measured on points, goals, assists. In baseball, you still have your batting average. I mean, you might be a good defender, but whatever. How much better is Patrick Mahomes than Christian McCaffrey? I think in terms of valuableness. It's not close in terms of value, but like. I think it's closer than people give it credit for. Imagine the 49ers offense without CMC right now. It'd still be good. They had Elijah Mitchell and they were fine. Oh, shoot. Now that is right. I forgot about Elijah Mitchell. He's like a very formidable backup, actually. Let's take Elijah Mitchell out of it and say that it's just Joe Schmo. It's Dalvin Cook. Joe (laughs) Schmo. It's Delvin Cook. Uh, like that's that's what I was kind of going off of. I just, I mean, without a, a the, I mean, the value of the run game that Christian McCaffrey provides, you know, the elite run game that he provides, it's just, it's a huge part of the 49ers game plan. I think that McCaffrey just had an incredibly dominant individual season, as you know, if you had him in fantasy. For sure. I think that he, in terms of talent relative to the running back position and his dominance, is in ways similar because no one is going to argue for someone other than McCaffrey. And after this playoff run, no one's going to even pretend that Allen or Lamar or Burrow, Herbert, go down the line, is scraping uh, Mahomes' heels. It's just interesting and maybe will inform, I think, your prediction here that the 49ers' best players, a running back, middle linebacker, tackle, and receiver are all up here, but the Chiefs quarterback is one, and the Niners quarterback is not on this list, nor will you or even the most avid Purdy defenders put him on here. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, I think the avid Purdy defenders would. They're uh they're pretty delusional. How we'll we'll jump past this. Uh, I had the NFL slant and the Swifty slant here. A, if there is um a key play that comes out of this Super Bowl from a Chiefs win, it will be referred to as the Swift something. I'm sorry <laughs> for all the um conspiratorially minded people out there about um Taylor Swift's effect on football, and then. Second, how badly does the NFL want the Chiefs to win this game? Bad. Very bad. Like, Black Sox bad? (laughs) Like, pay the players bad? Because, oh my God. Uh, She just announced her album, too. She comes down. It's on the field after a Chiefs Super Bowl win. Travis proposes. I mean... I just just think that the problem resides with people denying it. I haven't seen that much of that, but... I, I think that's what people just have to understand because it is a business at the end of the day, and I don't I don't necessarily blame them because it does rake in a lot of viewership. But like, how much more do you really need for the Super Bowl? I mean, everyone's gonna watch it anyway. It I don't know. Is this gonna be the most watched Super Bowl ever? Oh yeah, no, I'd say I'd say there's a good chance, despite it being a horrible matchup, which real ones know. But <laughs> I think yeah. 
I think that this is in terms of entertainment, not entertainment value, but like cultural cachet, the amount of cultural stock that the NFL has gained from this season with the moat with now an A plus list athlete dating the most well-known person on the planet. Uh, NFL, despite what we might argue about wanting the Ravens or the Lions in the Super Bowl for our enjoyment, NFL probably gets an A plus for uh, milking every drop out of the storyline. Oh yeah, they sure did. And it's honestly kind of amazing that in the year of our Lord, 2024, the NFL still finds new ways to draw even more people in. Like you, Will Smith can release five cu- concussion movies, and it would not be able to counteract the Swift effect. I mean, this one kind of landed in their lap. Let's be honest. And uh, they capitalized. <laughs> okay, last. I'm not going to uh, pretend to be able to concisely analyze value in different betting markets here. I just want to go through and list off some uh, fun props and bets that I want to get your thoughts on and want to convince you to waste your money on too. Mm. So we've already talked about Sam Darnold, 310 to one. One of my favorite bets and something that I saw like an anonymous odd maker say that uh, they're kind of afraid of because of the potential for because if Darnold comes in and the 49ers win, he would win it. And mm. so do you think there is a percent of a percent chance that happens? Probably. Hmm. Yeah. I think that it's a it's definitely a fun bet. Top 10 for other MVP bets. I'll do 11 just for the sake of adding one more guy in there. Mahomes is plus 140. Brock is 2-1. to one. McCaffrey is plus 440. Kelsey is 17 to 1, Debo is 33 to 1, Pacheco 35, Ayuk 50, Rashid Rice 60, Kettle 70, and then we get to the we get to the 10 uh to the 100 to 1 when we get to Nick Bosa and them. Uh I think Kelsey is the best bet there. Hmm. For storyline reasons. Because think about in the past few years oh, when yeah. someone besides quarterback won it. It was Cup and it was Julian Edelman. If Travis Kelsey, who has probably been, if you want to assign main characters to this NFL season, which is actually, I think, a good idea. That's a fun idea. Uh, Kelsey is one of them. Yeah. And for him, let's say he catches the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl with his hyper-famous, uh, newly awarded uh, partner in the stands. I think that that is the only chief other than the Mahomes that could realistically win it. Yeah. Uh, unless, like you said, we get a Blaine Gabbert uh, redemption. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think people definitely undermine how likely it is for a quarterback to win this. Like, with the with the Lions and everything, I honestly think that there's a better chance of, like, Blaine Gabbert or Sam Darnold winning MVP over, like, Rushy Rice. Like... Me personally. It takes such specific that specific circumstances where Cup was amazing against the Bengals and is the reason they won that game. And then Edelman had one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history. You're betting on a historical outlier. Exactly. And that's almost never a good idea. 
Yeah, and they're going to be inclined to give it to him if one of the quarterbacks goes down and, you know, somebody else has to step in and win the game. Like, if they win the game, if the backup comes in and they win the game, like, the odds are pretty good. All right. I had a couple others. What was this? Um, I had Rasheed Rice versus Debo Samuel for uh, first receiver to get to 50 receiving yards. Debo is plus 140. Rasheed Rice is 172. I only like Debo because I think that if we're talking about uh, the the early scripted plays that both coaches are going to have, I think it's going to start hot like the, the Ravens and Chiefs games and then slow down, which I think that we're in agreement on that. I think that it's a much better idea to take Debo Samuel, who is one of the best yards after catch players that we have in the NFL, to get to 50 prior to a rookie in the Super Bowl. Debo plus 140, Rasheed Rice minus 172. What do you think? Mm, which one I would rather take? Mm-hmm. First to 50 yards. Debo Samuel, for sure. I just thought it was interesting because they they gave the significant edge to, again, a rookie in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, no, that is interesting. I just like Debo. I don't know how likely it is they're going to use him in the rushing game, but you're, we're talking all purpose yards, no? 50 receiving yards. Oh. Well, that changes up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but hmm. I, I don't know. I'd rather take the Debo bet. And then I'll do a couple more just for fun. Because uh, we talked about him so much. Jake Moody, total field goals attempted. Ooh. Over one and a half is minus 182. Under one and a half is plus 142. Do you think they let him kick two field goals in the Super Bowl? Honestly, that's an interesting, like, I at the first, like, my initial reaction of you prompting it was like, this is a Victor Simononic ass bet, but there is some, some logic going into it. You think that on the Chiefs half of the field, if they're within fourth and five, that they're going to let Jake Moody be deciding yeah, no, to in the biggest game of their season? I, I think that there's a chance that, the like, honestly, I think maybe the inverse. I, I think that there's, like, uh, a large chance that they're way more aggressive on fourth down at the beginning of the game. But I think towards the end of the game, they're going to have to try and take their points if, if need be. Like, they're not going to want to go out as the GOAT and be like, let's give a hypothetical that's like super specific. How about like 30 yard line, fourth and five, they go for it. They don't make it. They're the goat. It's like Mm -hmm. Shanahan's a complete idiot. If they don't march their kicker out there, it's like, you're going to march the kicker out there. But I think early in the game is what's going to decide that. And I think that like, Oh man, I would be pure cinema would be watching Jake (laughs) Moody go out there on a fourth and five, try to put the team tie the game or put the team ahead see that's why zero field goals kicked before then like it's his first kick of the game that's why it's amazing fun to me um only because like you said i think that logically there is something to say that until it gets late and it's like you have to send the field goal kicker out there otherwise you are being irresponsible then fine but like even if i'm wrong and his second attempted field goal is to win or lose the Super Bowl, and they have to trot Jake freaking Moody out there. They should have kept Robbie solid Delicious. gold. They should have kept him. I don't know why. I like. I get why they did, and then, I mean, credit to him for retiring, but woof. 
I don't care if his field goal like range regressed by like ten yards. I'd so still did Vinatieri, and he was still just I'd money. Still take him. I don't care. Yeah, come on. It's like, so what if he can't kick like a, a fifty plus yarder? I'd take him for like you know how amazing it is being a Ravens fan, marching Justin Tucker on the field, knowing that he's gonna make the field goal. It's yes. like that is a crazy luxury to have. As, a, as an NFL team, and people don't realize that. It's like marching Jake Moody on the field, you're shitting yourself every time. It's like, it's not sustainable, is, is my point. You, you can judge it by how happy the opposing team is to see your kicker coming out to try and attempt it. This was the Chargers thing for years and years, and probably is back to it now that they don't have cool. It, uh, where when a Chargers kicker comes out to decide a game, you're like, I'm pretty sure I know how this is going to go. <laughs> what, Chargers? Are they really that? Like, I'm just talking about one of the most, it seems like, grief-stricken franchises that we have in professional sports. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, like, how about Vikings? Okay. <laughs> we all know about Blair Walsh. No, it's, it's the Bills, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the wide right. 2.0 and then last one i didn't have this but before but i think that our conversation to this point has has led me to like it will any quarter be scoreless yes is Ooh. plus 360 like mm. i i'd say yes i'd say yes i think that the way we've talked about it implies yes and i mean no is minus 500 there's no value in actually doing that but if we think it's going to go the way that it's going to go and it's like the third quarter is 0-0 with one missed Jake Moody field goal, I think that there's a, if it goes the way that we think it's going to go, a high implied chance that that might happen. And I think you're getting good odds there. Since we're in agreement, uh for shits and giggles, what quarter do you think it's going to be? Uh, second. I'll go third. No, I'll go third, third, third. I think that like the prescripted plays, because I mean, both of these coaches are going to be throwing hundred miles an hour or coming out. I think that they're going to run out in the second quarter. They're not pulling out any stops. Watch out for a, a James Prochet throw here. I hate you. <laughs> I, I strive that every time we record, I bring up James Prochet throwing in the football. I I don't know how you always find a way to, it's gonna be to my shoehorn it in the it, James Crochet uh, long pass. It's just so iconic, man. It's just so iconic of the, the, like. I'm not gonna like. I'm not trying to complain or anything about being a Ravens fan. I know that many fan bases have gone through a lot worse, but that is just iconic peak 20, 2020 through twenty twenty two Ravens football right there. Okay, and then last but. Most certainly not least, the Super Bowl is the only uh, only game that I know of outside of like finals matchups or whatever that you can do cross sports uh, specials. So you can like bet on different things. These are no free ads, but uh, from FanDuel, there's stuff where like you can bet on Scotty Scheffler to win the Phoenix Open um, with uh, what is this with Patrick Mahomes to win Super Bowl MVP at minus 145. And I think that's just funny. Uh, you also have, where was the one that I was actually going to, to say to put money on, uh, either Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl. I know you don't give a shit about golf. So this is through one ear, but, uh, and then out the other, 
but like Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP or Jordan Spieth to win the Phoenix Open. And then so they're all they're all golf related. Huh? There's golf related. Well, there's also heat uh, basketball ones. Isaiah Pacheco to score first touchdown and Christoph Porzingis to score the first basket on the same day. Damn, uh, that's like Victor Simon. That, that's Simonic that's um, bet. That's our yeah. That's a that's a solely bet. <laughs> um, don't actually do that. Just reading through those uh, gives me nightmares for. I think I read $1.3 billion are going to end up being put on this game. How much do you think of that is going to be our friends? Mm, uh, I'd say like <laughs> at least 40% Victor Simononic. That's going to be solely just giving up multiple people's life savings. <laughs> Dude, Dude. 4.5 punts over Easy. was a lock. It was a lock. They told me on TikTok. And then finally ties into what we're going to do last year anyway. The Niners are favored by two and a half. Over-under is 47 and a half. And, I mean, money line is close enough. We're not going to even bother. That's a terrible take by Vegas. I don't know what they're thinking. I think we're both in agreement that we're going under on 47 and a half. And then, now that we're here, who do you got and final score? I'm going to take Kansas City... Uh, even though I really don't want to, I just, you know how I feel. I mean, you know how I feel. I don't know if, if the listeners know how I feel, so I'm going to say it. Uh, I think the 49ers are super overrated and I personally, I don't know if it's just me being biased. I don't want to see them win this game. I don't think they're going to win this game. I'd say score something like, um, 17 to 20 probably in favor of the chiefs. I'm going to go – I'm also going to go Kansas City. I – by the skin of my teeth and against, weirdly, my better judgment, I did pick them against Buffalo, but then I picked Baltimore, and I really could have been wrong both times if I had just stuck with my Buffalo bias. I think that it's one thing to be wrong about Mahomes once, even twice, but – whether it's close or not, being wrong about him three times or to doubt him at this point, you're going to feel dumber betting on Brock Purdy than you are on Patrick Mahomes. So I would say not only would I I take the Chiefs and I'd take the points, I'm going to say I'm going to say 24-17 mm. Chiefs. Yeah, that's fair. It's just it, it comes down to how much Kadarius is going to be on the field. If he's on it for every play, then um, I would – like take whatever adjusted line for the Niners, like minus seventeen. Yeah, forty Niners win it. Uh, you come back to this. Uh, Over under four. Kadarius Tony fumbles. <laughs> it's all it's on Kadarius. It's a lock. It's like that's gonna be my rationale. It's like Kadarius saw the field too many times. It's like uh, he was just on the field one time when they ran the ball. Yeah, no, it was his fault. And then, who is your Super Bowl MVP? Mahomes. Well, <laughs> I, I don't like want to complicate things. I think that it would have been more interesting give, if, if I thought the 49ers would win. But, I mean, it's probably just going to be low scoring and beat Mahomes. I'll say Kelsey just for content. All right. Yeah, no, it's a fair pick. Like, I, I might honestly consider it myself, given all the situations and stuff. It's They're going to be more inclined to give it to him if he has a good game. What else do you have going on this week? Uh, me? Not too much. Uh. Man, what do I have going on? 
I, I'm probably just going to watch the Super Bowl, go to a powerlifting meet right before that. Well, best of luck. Um, I'm not competing. I'm just watching. Okay. <laughs> just for love of the game. Um, Later this week on Friday, I don't know. I had temporary insanity talking last week. I know that the trade the trade deadline in the NBA is on Thursday at 2. Um, I don't know why I misconceived it being this past Sunday, but... We'll have plenty to talk about then. Um, we'll give our last thoughts if anything changes on Super Bowl, any major changes in betting, whatever that changes between now and then, we will try to cover. And then otherwise, check out everything else that we have here on the Alethio Network. Go check out uh, On the Gravel or Good Morning Hockey. And Brendan, thank you so much. Of course. Anytime. Everyone have a great day, great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you on Friday.